Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
glad to see you this morning. While you turn to your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20, we're going to be thinking about Jesus in the midst. I want to just say a quick thank you to, first of all, Chris, uh, asking me to be here today and, and uh, to preach for you. It's always a joy to be at Alamo. But I also want to thank uh, Ryan and Paige and I don't have any of you out here, youth and other adults who uh, a few months ago helped paint and get us on the process of moving into our new associational office over on Parkway. And Ryan, for being a good realtor, in spite of himself, he did a good job. And, uh, but uh, we appreciate we appreciate that help. Really do appreciate all of your, uh, your help in painting and, and uh, contributing paint and, and that kind of thing. So... We do appreciate that, and, and always your work well in this community and in this association and uh, around the world. I thank you for that. I really, truly do. And, and uh, Chris and Brian know me well enough that I don't blow smoke. So if I didn't mean it, I wouldn't be saved. I just wouldn't say anything. I, you know, I just enjoyed the process. But I do appreciate it so much. This passage in John chapter 20 is... Uh, around an Easter, but I'm not going to talk about Easter today. I, it, it does it does involve itself, include itself. A couple of times I may mention it. Uh, I know it's killing Chris not to kick off the first Sunday in April and Easter coming up, but, uh, but, but just, you guys just look out next year to be ready and ready prepared to rock and roll. But I want you to think about Jesus in the midst. Now, I'm a, I'm a great Old Testament fan. Uh, I, I probably love the Old Testament, maybe a little better than the New Testament. But so, any time I preach, I always try to at least point back to the Old Testament. And I I want to tell you that when we think about Jesus being in the midst, many folks, many believers, don't think about mentioning Jesus when you talk about the Old Testament. But you do remember it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus was there when it all started in the beginning. So he's been there all along. You know, S.M. Lockett said uh, about uh, when, when uh, God told Moses to tell Pharaoh that I am sent you, that he was am, he is am, he's going to be am, he just am. He's I am always. So so when we think about God or Jesus being in the midst, they're just, uh, just some, some quick examples in the book of Exodus in chapter 8 says that he was in the midst of the earth. In Deuteronomy, he was in the midst of the camp uh, to deliver Israel. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, Thou, O Lord, are in the midst of us. Daniel reports that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they said, but they're fooling Jesus has always been in the midst, folks, and he's going to be in the midst. And as we think about the Easter process, he was in the midst all from the beginning, and he's still in the midst. And, and in our lives today, we need to realize that in the Christian life, the key to the Christian life, the key to abundant life, the key to a life of fellowship, the key to a life of worship, the, the key to a life of witnessing, the key to a life of being successful, folks, is having Jesus in the midst, in the middle in everything that we do, and everything that takes place. He has to be there. There's no spiritual power that can ever be reflected in our lives unless Jesus is right there in the center of it. 
know what? So I want us to look at three or four things real quickly from this passage in verse 19. I'm not going to read the entire passage because we're going to be with it through the fullness. But in verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, two translations, Jesus came in the midst of them, or he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Jesus was in their midst. So the first, very first thing I want you to realize is that Jesus is there to bring us peace. And he's not talking about a peace that keeps us safe from trouble. Jesus, when you look at this word, when you look at this word peace and you, you, you track it down, what Jesus is saying here is that, that God may give you every good thing. to give us everything, folks. Now, now, I'm not going off in the prosperity direction, but I want you to understand that God does want us to have peace. He wants us to have every good thing. Now, every good thing may be different for every one of us, but He wants us to have peace in our life. Isaiah said in chapter 26, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in Max Licato. Let me read you this, what Max Licato says. Have you ever considered what a blessing it is when we occasionally, when occasionally our problems pile up so high that we can't possibly solve them? Licato says, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we're to be delighted about the many troubles that cross our pathways, but I am suggesting, he said, that we should be glad that they are more than we can handle. Why? Because when we finally realize that we can't carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, we have taken the first step in overcoming worry and bringing peace into our hearts. I like to say it this way. We can have peace when you and I realize that He is God and we are everything. Cato tells a story, you know, if you ever listen to Max Cato. It's always a story. He tells about the conversation between two businessmen, and he says, John, you look worried. The other man said, friend, I've got so many troubles that if anything else happens today that is bad, it will be at least two weeks before I get around to worrying about it. Then the Cato says that Jesus takes and sold it by sin. Listen to what. Matthew said in Matthew chapter 6, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Where are you sitting here today worrying about tomorrow? Do you really? You may not even be there He could be on his way. God forbid somebody before this day is over could pass. We don't want that. We're not, we're not looking for a calendar to set that day. But let's don't worry about tomorrow. In good old West Tennessee vernacular, it ain't even got him yet. John 14 says, Jesus in the midst, he said, Peace, I leave you. Folks, Jesus came to give us peace. Jesus came, secondly, to give us joy. Look at verse 20. Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad when they saw the Lord. He came to give us joy. 
That's a small wonder that the, that the disciples should have been and could have been joyful. They just realized that Jesus had just walked through death and hell and came out victorious. Folks, that should give us joy. Now, there's not a person here today that shouldn't be joyful over the fact that we serve a trusted Jesus that has Now, there's a difference in joy and happiness. Happiness says the car's running, the job's okay, the wife's happy, the kids aren't sick, I haven't had shoulder surgery, the roof's not leaking, my mother-in-law's not coming for six months' stay. Joy says all of those things can be bad, and I'm still going to be all right. I have to work hard on that six months' stay with the mother-in-law, but you can still be joyful. Jesus, in the midst, came to give us joy. It's a story told from uh, the old Billy Graham days. Uh, back during the Korean War, he made a visit there. He went to, he went to a church on a Sunday, and, and the little Korean church was, was there, and there were probably a hundred or so people gathered, they say, and all that was standing of that building were the two side walls, the back wall, the front wall, and the roof had been blown away. And, and those folks were gathered. It was 20 degrees, uh, 20 below zero with a wind chill factor colder than that, Graham said. And they were all there gathered, and they were praying. And Graham had no clue what they were saying. He asked the translator, what are those people praying? And the translator said they were praying the same thing. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus is in the midst no matter This morning, from an AMB friend of mine who's in the Ukraine working with the churches there specifically that deaf. And it was a picture of about 30 or 40 deaf Ukrainian believers gathered publicly praising the Lord Jesus with all that's going on around them. First of all, folks, they were already deaf. That is a, that is a significant uh, physical handicap. But then they were gathered together praising God with all that's taking place. There was joy, as, the, as we used to say, there was joy in the house. Because Jesus is in the midst. Joy. He came to the midst to give us joy. Thirdly, look at verse 21. Verse 21 said, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Jesus, when he's in the midst of us, we will finally, eventually, everybody will re- recognize that when Jesus is in our midst, every person here has usefulness. There's no person here that needs to take the back seat to anyone because God has a plan for each one of us. Each one of us is useful in his plan. Paul relates it to the fact that Jesus put all of us together to create the church. He calls this the church. And folks, the church that Jesus died for, we are to be his feet, his hands, his mouth, and his heart in a world that desperately needs him. I've come, become convinced, Brother Chris, that it's not from the lack of training, and it's not from the incredible amount of fear that the church is not doing all that should be. I believe it's just that we've become so comfortable that we are not convinced 
we say we gather on Sunday to worship can do what it said it would do. I believe that we believers are not convinced that Jesus wants to use us and can use us, and we're not convinced that when He is in our midst, we can do great things. He said, I, you will do greater than I will do. Now, that didn't mean that we're bigger than Jesus. It meant that at that point, He was unleashing the believers, He was unleashing the church to go do more than He was ever able to do because there are many more of us that could share the gospel, that could pray for people, that could see miracles, that could do all those amazing things. Each one of us is useful. But there's a there's a there's an understanding that Jesus has to be in our midst. Let's illustrate this real quickly. I've got a glove and a, and a Bible here. I'm going to tell this glove to pick that Bible up. You believe it can do it? Can't do it, can you? Now, Bud, you put your thumb down, you put your fingers down, you stretch your back. Pick that book up. Go ahead, pick it up. Can't do it, can you? Why not? It's just an empty glove. There's nothing to it. But you put a hand in it. So what's the big deal about that? We're used to folks, but we're only used to when we realize that we allow Jesus to be in our midst and to realize that on the cross, He died for a dirty glove inside and out, and if we will trust Him and allow Him to clean us and come into our midst, we are equipped to do whatever He calls us to do. Jesus in the midst. The fourth thing is Jesus in the midst is the key to power. Look at verse 22 and 23. He had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus is the, is the, is in the midst, gives us power, folks. And how do you do that? It says that I don't know why it is. I'm going to pick on Baptists. I don't know why it is we're so scared of the Holy Spirit. We're afraid of the Holy Spirit. And if you preach on the Holy Spirit, well, He's going to get so mad. He's going to get quick. Well, if that's the case, go home and take this book that you believe so much in and tear it all out. The Holy Spirit's here. The Holy Spirit, folks, as I said earlier, you read about it in the Old Testament. We're afraid of the Holy Spirit. We're afraid. You know, the old joke is that the guy got excited, the visitor was in church one Sunday, he got excited, the usher went to him and said, Man, what is your problem? He said, I got this feeling. He said, You didn't get it here, sit down and be quiet. We're afraid of that power. And then sometimes because of our sinfulness and our our lack of being godly as God has called us to do, we think that we're not worthy of it. The story is told of, of the old emperor of Russia 
who called him one of his lowly slaves, and he, he gave him a valuable gold cup. And the slave stepped back and said, No, 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 master. That, that, that's too much for me to take. The emperor looked at him and shoved it in his hand, and he said, But it's not too much for me to take. We think that we can't take. Oh, no, Lord, that's too much. And Jesus is saying, Well, it's not too much for me to give. I want to give you power. I want to give you strength. I don't want you to live in this world without any any hope. God, Jesus, in the midst, folks, can give us all of these things that I'm talking about this morning. What would keep us from accepting? What would keep us from taking? Why would we put ourselves in a predicament where we feel like we have no peace and no joy? And no usefulness and no power when he says it over and over again in his word. It's there for you. It's there for you today. There's no reason I, I've said this a million times before. But two of, the, two of the favorite songs that we like singing in the Baptist church is Victory in Jesus and Because He Lives I Face the Lord. And we don't want to do that. We can sing victory in Jesus to the top of our voice and leave church wringing our hands about what's going to take place. And we can sing because he lives I can face tomorrow and be frightened to death about tomorrow. But realize tomorrow ain't going to be here today. Why would we do that? Now, I want you to watch a video and I want you to understand something. I looked at the moment we started, and we started five minutes late, and we took 20 minutes for uh, announcements that most of you have already forgotten. So you're going to watch a 12-minute video, and we're still going to get out on time, so just sit tight. Dan, wake up and watch this video, okay? And once we've watched it, I'll come back and close us with the invitation. was a single mother. She was abandoned by the family she belonged to. And there in the wilderness with her son, alone, with very little provision, she was wondering. She was questioning. Does anyone care? She's crying now. The desert. She's lost in her despair. She thinks nobody loves her. 
says life is over, it's over And God, he doesn't care But God says I will be the rock of your salvation
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you 
about what God has led you to do, if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.